I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute. And if you are new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Guys, I have to start out today on a sad note. R.I.P. to Cashley. Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson have called it quits. And you know I was really pumped and pressed and I thought I had correctly predicted that they were going to have a fall 2020 wedding. And at the moment, that is not in the cards. Now, who knows? I think it would be very celebrity of them to just randomly get married without us even knowing they're back together. So there's a small glimmer of hope left in me, but I'm not holding out on that too much. As I'm sure you've heard by now, Grimes and Elon Musk had their baby, which they named XAEA12. They don't even know themselves how to pronounce it since they clearly have differing views on it. I hope they nickname it Ixi. I think that's cute. I think that's what it should be, but we shall see. And then I read some, I don't know if this was like an Onion article. I just saw the headline and I couldn't even get into it because I was just like, that cannot be true. But it said that the pronunciation was Azalea and that is just ironic because there was big drama between Azalea Banks and Grimes and Elon which I think I've told you guys in the past that it might be something you want to get into but I just feel like I don't have the brain width to talk about it um yeah so it's just an interesting time all around I also think it's funny because my sister informed me that Elon has six other children who probably have names like John and Matt and it's gonna be like oh John like here's your sixth sister XAEA12 like it's just so I mean whatever it's I don't care name your kids whatever you want our family names our kids androgynous names so I get that I get naming your kids slightly weird things who am I to judge whatever I just felt like it had to be mentioned I made my sisters watch Grimes's um Vogue beauty routine and in it she's just so weird she's literally just like that weird girl in high school who I'm not saying that in a negative way like I like weird people I'm into weird shit I think weird people are interesting but it's just that very specific type of weird girl in high school who likes Sailor Moon and anime again nothing knocking on that I think those things are very cool and like ahead of their time in a lot of ways especially for like people being into that e-girl aesthetic it's like the kids who were in the e-girl aesthetic when I was in high school which was like the early aughts but that is just kind of what Grimes is to me but let's get into our articles for the day because I really don't have any updates in my my day-to-day life actually I do have one I had to share with you guys I've been making the best pina coladas okay so Abby my friend Abby she sent us Elena and I she sent us Coco Lopez cream to coat for us to make pina coladas and this was just very ironic because literally like a week before I had sent Smitten Kitchen's pina colada recipe to my sister I was like we have to make these and that was the same exact recipe that Abby wanted to use I can confirm this recipe is so delicious and I like to kind of riff on it a little bit so it calls for, I know it off the top of my head now, it's one tablespoon of lime juice, six tablespoons of rum, six tablespoons of Coco Lopez, and um, basically one whole pineapple. But you can also just get, I've done it with fresh pineapple, and I've done it with just fresh pineapple that I froze, and I did it with just bagged pineapple. It really doesn't make a difference in taste. But I've started riffing on it, and today I did one that was um, a little, it was like a little bit of pineapple and mostly 
uh, one frozen mango that I cut up and froze. And then I kept the lime, the coca lopez the same, and I added a little bit of almond milk to thin it out. I feel like every time I make it, it does help if you add a little bit of almond milk or regular milk to thin it out. It is so delicious guys like I was sitting outside in my backyard and I realized how privileged I am to have a backyard and a pool and I literally felt like I was on vacation I was like lathered up in sunscreen oil this was literally just like 30 minutes ago so I'm still kind of feeling those um that pina colada clearly that's why the thoughts are not flowing quite so smoothly because after that I made a like my riff on like a tequila smoothie like I did uh, peaches, pineapple, strawberries frozen, a little bit of stevia because I had already had the Coco Lopez. So I was like, okay, keep this one like a little bit healthier, lower sugar, put a little bit of almond milk, tequila, which I was a little scared to do like almond milk with tequila. I was like, is that going to be gross? But it literally just tasted like a smoothie. It did not taste like tequila. And then I also did, um, the lime, a whole lime juice squeezed and a half an orange squeezed. So good. Okay, I know you guys <laughs> don't give a shit. So now we're going to actually move on to our first article of the day. Has isolation left you starved for gossip? Lainey gossips Elaine Liu on what we can learn from celebrity scuttlebutt in a pandemic by Amelia Petrarca. And I'm sorry, I think her last name might be Louie. I'm not, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. So this article starts off and says, along with toilet paper yeast and Annie's white cheddar mac and cheese, gossip ranks highly as a rare and valuable commodity right now. If it happens to fall in your lap, you want to savor it. Maybe pair it with a cold beverage or preserve it in your brain for longer than you normally would, fully absorbing its juiciness. I loved this paragraph because I love to think this is what you guys are doing with my podcast. Like that you're sitting at home and you're just savoring it with like a glass of wine. So I want to give you that hard hitting juice. And I feel like I have been deprived of that a little bit during this pandemic global pandemic so i appreciate that this article kind of touched on that and kind of how we turn to celebrity gossip in hard times or any times as almost like a soothing mechanism or maybe i'm just putting words in the mouth of this article but i use it as a soothing mechanism in a way and i think amelia agrees because she says personally what does make me feel better is harmless celebrity fodder it's exhilarating to watch Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello walk in slow motion like zombies toward a throng of paparazzi, for example, or Jake Gyllenhaal do a handstand, or Ina Garden make an enormous cocktail and down it at 9.30 a.m. For better or worse, celebrities are still giving us the gossip we need and crave right now. And I thought that was funny because I think I've talked about all three of those things on this podcast, maybe not Ina Garden. I was obsessed with her making that huge cocktail and since it's everyone I knew, but then Emily Schultz, the social media girl at Bon Appetit, said that Ina was rude to her once, and now I really got to know that gossip. I wonder if Emily Schultz would be on this podcast. I feel like maybe she would. I know I'm always mentioning people I'd like to have on this con- on this podcast, and then I just wimp out and I don't ask anyone because I <laughs> feel like I'd be the worst interviewer, but you know, putting it on the universe, maybe it'll happen one day. So first up, Amelia talks to Elaine about who, like, what celebrities she thinks are handling the pandemic really well. And she cites Rihanna saying that, you know, she donated, but she's still doing like funny little exchanges on Instagram and basically just saying that Rihanna's kind of stayed herself throughout all of this. And then Amelia asks her about what celebrities who just seem to be losing it right now. And she says, like Madonna and and Amelia says, yes, like Madonna. 
And then Elaine says, as a lifelong fan of Madonna, it's not been fun to watch her talk about how the coronavirus is the great equalizer from her bathtub. Like, that's a giant fuck you to a lot of people. I'm lucky I don't work on the front lines, so I don't have much ground on to say fuck you to her. I'm not trying to say how dare you, Madonna, because a lot of people could say how dare you to me but it does give me any comfort to, it doesn't give me any comfort to laugh at it or whatever because it makes me sad that someone who is so in the pulse of how to correctly push the envelope and which institutions to challenge in a former era doesn't seem to get it right now and I thought that was an interesting take on it because it is like yeah Madonna was so always on the pulse of things and now why is she just so unaware and so out of out of touch literally with like what you should not do during a pandemic what you should not even think during a pandemic so it has been illuminating in ways I think and then Amelia asks her, what do you think this moment has revealed about celebrity culture in America? First off, I have to say, I think that is a great question. And this is kind of what I was really hoping this article would touch on, and it does. And Elaine says, I think that there's always value to celebrity culture, not just because it's my job, but because I think that the conversations that we have about celebrities are always a reflection of our values and who we are at a certain moment. Right now, what I think celebrities are exposing about this time is everyone's desire to be seen. What do you think this moment has revealed about celebrity culture in America? I think that, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just literally repeating myself because I don't know how to copy and paste in my notes. So excuse me. Celebrity gossip is essentially just storytelling and storytelling is more than just a picture. Gossiping is innately human. We're never going to stop. It's human to want to communicate and tell stories to each other and share stories with each other. And to me, I think that's why I've always been drawn to celebrity culture for that reason, because I think it is storytelling and I think it gives a glimpse into lives that we don't have and we can't spy on our neighbor and have paparazzi pictures of our neighbor. But I think getting to follow celebrity culture is the same reason I like to watch vlogs on YouTube because it lets you tune in with the parts of us that are all the same and that storytelling and culture unites and even though yeah there might be huge differences in like socioeconomic levels education levels whatever there's these core things that we all do like we get up and we brush our teeth and there's just there's a comfort in knowing that we all have messiness we all have drama we all have the shit we have to deal with so I don't know I guess I'm just getting a little too deep but that's why I do love celebrity gossip it's just like a very low danger way of talking about people because I don't want to sit and talk about people I know and I'm close to I'd much rather talk about someone who I don't know and comment on it and feel like it's not gonna hurt anyone because it's not gonna get back to that celebrity and even on here you guys know I try not to talk negatively about people unless I feel like what they're doing is really nefarious and gross and I just think it's a fun way of realizing that we're all in this together okay I need to move on I need to not drink too very alcoholic smoothies before I record. Okay. Next up, the comedian with a flair for drama, Meet Benito Skinner by Devin Blackshire. Photographs by Leah Clay Miller. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with Benito Drama or, I'm sorry, Benito Skinner, or he's also known as Benny Drama on Instagram. He does the funniest skit videos. I love the ones he does on the Kardashians. This season on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. This quarantine hasn't been that difficult for us. We never leave Calabasas. It's actually the only place the kids think exists. And he is just hilarious. And I think he's so smart. He does these ones about like what it's like to date different 
horoscope signs, I find his Capricorn one vaguely offensive, but maybe not altogether that far off. Oh, can you not? I mean, not in public, but like never at the public hotel. Can you share the Wi-Fi password with me, please? I need to send an email. Um, so find your sign, watch it, tell me what you think. But he says, I'm moved by people being themselves. No reservations, no edits. Nasty shit. I love it, said Skinner. I find inspiration in moments that challenge our ideas on what it means to be loved or accepted. It started for me when I was closeted in high school, but today it manifests itself in everything from the absurd avatars we create for ourselves online to pop culture broadly. Again, I just thought this was so fitting for this podcast and the times we're in and that it is so fun to sort of like examine this stuff and from a different angle and how pop culture and celebrity life like fits in with our own lives. Ugh, love it. And they asked him, what kind of animal would you be and why? And he says, an otter. They are so queer. OMG. They love self-grooming, are extremely needy and also part psycho. It me. <laughs> guys I also want to be an otter I've always said I'd probably be a platypus just because they're fucking weird and like can't decide what type of animal they are like they're a mammal that lays eggs and I feel like I can relate to that but I don't know I also love I would love to be an otter but then they asked what three fictional characters do you relate to most and he says Spongebob because he was my first introduction to femininity and masculinity coexisting in a way that was depicted positively I loved that he had a high-pitched voice made me feel seen in a way that I probably didn't understand at the time Dumbledore because he was so secretive like a true gay Scorpio and chic the token gay student from School of Rock I swear Swear to God, that queen got absolutely robbed for not winning something for that performance. I gulped every time he was on screen as a kid because I was like, yep, that's me. You're tacky and I hate you should have been my senior quote. So I have a few thoughts on this. I think I've mentioned on here before that Spongebob Loves You Too was my first AIM handle. When I logged on to AOL, it'd be like, hey there, little square dude from Sandy. And then I had a Patrick quote at the end. I was a huge Spongebob stan. So I love that he was able to relate to him in that way. Obviously, I'm a huge Harry Potter stan. And the last thing I have to say is I'm appalled that I didn't know You're Tacky and I Hate You was from School of Rock. I've seen that movie multiple times, and I did not know that. I just feel like I need to ask Kenzie. Kenzie's actually like tanning outside. It's Saturday, and like I said, we had alcoholic smoothies, and she made the wise decision just stay out there and probably keep drinking, whereas I thought it would be a good idea to just slur my way through a podcast. <sighs> All right. I hope I don't lose any followers over this, guys. I swear. Stick with me. I swear. We're going to clean up my act next week. I might even try to actually record during the week instead of waiting till Saturday. Um, okay. Last up from Benito. He, he, they asked, what piece of advice has had the biggest impact on you and why? And he said, it's not what you say to people, but how you make them feel. I think about that line probably too much. I want my work to always make people feel good. Yes, obviously the words matter, but I really just want to give people that escape. Comedy can bring us together in a very bizarre and special way. So I feel lucky to be a part of that. And this just spoke to me because that's a line I go by a lot, even though I think it is super corny, but I always want people when they're done interacting with me to like feel a little better than they did when they came and I know that's sort of unsustainable and you can't do that all the time and we all go through our shits and maybe it's my problem as an Enneagram 7 but I really related to that and I hope that by listening to this podcast that sometimes you walk away from it feeling good and rejuvenated and I just love that he said that.
Now on to our last article of the day. Chloe Sabini and her lonely city, the New York City actress on sexting, matcha, and how her life has changed as she's about to become a mom. This is again by Queen Amelia Petrarca. I love that she asks the hard-hitting questions, and she usually does the fashion beat, so I love that she's like also doing a celebrity beat right now. And it says, until recently, Chloe Savinia never wanted to participate in video chatting of any kind. It's always so terribly unflattering, she said one afternoon from her Manhattan apartment, where she's been holed up with her boyfriend, gallery director, Sinisa Makovic, for longer than she can even remember. I have friends who are younger than me, like in their mid-20s, and all they want to do is FaceTime, she continued. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? But I guess they're really young and they always look beautiful, so it doesn't matter. So as I mentioned in the title, this article is talking to her when she's nine months pregnant, so she's about to pop. And I talked about Chloe when I did her Smells She Likes article when she was coming out with a scent or collaborating with someone on a scent. And I remember after that article saying that I found her more likable than I expected. And this next line also got me like again i think this article shows more of like what i was expecting from chloe like she seems a little pretentious but in this way that you can't really help but not like her she's like the new york cool girl that you want to be friends with and not like one that seems totally untouchable and like that you couldn't be friends with her you know so she says we also have an addiction to making cha-cha matcha at home and we had a slight panic when we ran out i have to say i did use my celebrity to try to get us some i don't know if you're supposed to admit to this right now but i did dm them like how can i get some powder laughs that was our one indulgence of being total assholes we needed our matcha this is funny to me on so many levels for one i've had cha-cha matcha it's good i like their soft serve but you can definitely get better cha-cha matcha i'm sorry you can get better matcha elsewhere like the powder just get yourself some ceremonial grade matcha you don't need it to be from cha-cha so that's my thoughts on that but I love that she admitted to using her celebrity like I wish more celebrities were upfront about when they pull that card because transparency like no one has to be transparent about doing that sort of shit but when they do I like them more for it because it's just upfront and it's like with the influencers having to say that you know something's an ad or whatever it's just like why can't we just be upfront about these things and disclose it And then she talks about how her best friend is Natasha Lyonne from Russian Doll. She's also in Orange is the New Black. And I just thought that was such a predictable pairing. Like, it makes so much sense to me that they would be good friends. And I didn't know, though, that they were friends. But again, it just makes perfect sense. They are both, like, New York cool girls of that same sort of exact little clique of people that I would put in the same group. Then uh, she says, right now my heart goes out to all my single girlfriends, not having that outside stimuli like flirting or whatever to help push you through. I keep asking like, are you sexting with anyone? Because that can really help as far as the dopamine release. As I've talked about on here, guys, I am so introverted. I hate, I've never been on an online dating date. I have had the apps for years. I can't make myself do it. Flirting is my worst nightmare. I don't even know how to do it. I've never sexed anyone in my life. Really don't plan on it anytime soon, to be honest with you. Does that make me a prude? I mean, maybe it does, but I don't feel like I'm prudish. I'm just like very aware of not putting my shit on the internet. And so I also thought this was very relevant because my friend who I'm about to talk about, she is someone who I admire so much because she will always go on dates. She puts herself out there. She takes everything with such an open mind and will give guys second chances but then is so clear and forthcoming with them when she feels like it's run its course so she texted us last night and said that she had gone on her first social distancing date and that she had been 
like texting with a guy back and forth on hinge like beginning like when we were quarantining and then they realized that they were close to each other so she dropped a a pin and they met and they kept six feet apart and like had a little talk and realized they had a lot in common and I was just like wow I'm so proud of her but that is like literally the last thing I'd be able to make myself do (laughs) and it just goes to show like different strokes for different folks and I'm so so impressed by anyone that is continuing to date during this time and as much as I would like to think yeah like now is the time I will start dating like no this is literally my worst nightmare as Chloe was saying at the beginning I hate Zoom calls. I hate FaceTime. I do not want to have to hold my arm up at a level to look at that doesn't disgust me. Like, because if I put it below the chin, it just ain't it, honey. Like, I can't do it. So anyways, just want to give a shout out to my friend. And like, again, clearly there's people handle this in different ways. And I'm so proud of anyone who is handling it in a safe way and putting themselves out there during this time. So then Amelia asked Chloe, as a New Yorker, what has it been like to see your city go through this? And she says, my heart goes out to all my friends who own small businesses and my brother who's in nightlife. It's been really hard on him and all his employees. Of course, it's personal because he's my family. I'm trying to help different small businesses that I frequent from my Pilates studio to Superiority Burger to whomever. And I don't know if I've ever said this on here before, but Superiority Burger is literally one of my favorite places in New York. They are vegetarian. They can make anything vegan. Their veggie burger is my favorite of all time. And again, it's not like one that tries to taste like meat, but it's just so delicious. It has like the best blend of spices. They have the best gelato. They do new flavors every time. So if you are in New York or you're planning on going there, move Superior Order Burger to like the top of your list. It's just like a fast casual type of like takeout vibe. Like you order at the counter, there's like two tables inside. It's tiny or you can just take it to go. You can like eat it on the street outside. I've done that many a times, but I love that she shouted them out because their burgers are so good. So, but obviously after reading that, I had to look up what nightclub her or nightlife her brother owns and it's called Paul's Casablanca which I've never been to or heard of actually but the it's unfortunate because literally the very first article that comes up um is about it, this is what it says it says on Sunday June 3rd 2018 Wigdor LLP filed a sexual assault and retaliation lawsuit on behalf of a formal bot former bottle server who alleges she was drugged and raped by her manager at Paul's Casablanca, a New York City nightclub co-owned by Paul Savigny, brother of famous actress Chloe Savigny. So I thought that was really interesting and clearly like not good. I mean, awful, really fucking awful. Um, And then she also says she listens to Red Scare, which I'm also sort of yikes about um because they do not seem like the nicest people but I'm not here to bash other podcasts and it's also interesting because there's a Caroline Calloway connection there because she appeared on their podcast and it was one of the first times she talked about the whole Natalie issue so just a little little fun fun tidbits there and she's talking about going to basketball games. And she says the nicest people she ever sat next to were Jay-Z and Beyonce. They were the only celebrities that ever introduced themselves to me. So nice. And they ate junk food the entire game. So this really blew me away. Because you're telling me like celebrities never introduce themselves to her. Like that's so weird to me. And I don't know if that's more just from not impoliteness, but like not wanting to bother her. And maybe Jay-Z and Beyonce are like, oh, we're just so famous. Like we have to be nice to people in public. But I think a lot of people have said they're like really nice and kind to be around. So, I mean, I totally believe her saying that, but it just blows my mind that other celebrities 
haven't introduced themselves to her. Like, Chloe's been around so long. Like, she's kind of like old school Hollywood. Now, I know she's not old, but I'm just like, she's just been around for so long. So that shocked me. And then they asked if she could do anything that she wanted, if she had 24 hours, you know, social distancing aside, what she would do. And she was said, hopefully I'm not pregnant in this scenario because the answer is drink like five martinis and smoke a pack of cigarettes. I know we're not supposed to promote smoking, but I do miss it. I'm very excited to get drunk with friends, dance at the pyramid after the baby's out. That frivolous revelry that we used to participate, just being able to let go. I can't wait for us to go dancing and sing our hearts out and cry and twirl about Okay, so I hate that she smokes, but I mean, I like the vibe that she's going for. Just like wilding out, dancing, twirling. Love that. So after reading this, I was like, okay, yeah, she's pretentious and slightly annoying, but also kind of chill. And why do I actually still kind of want to be friends with her? But we need to clear up like the red scare stuff and like they're her brother. I don't know. I didn't look further into that lawsuit. I don't know what Paul did in that, but that those are yikes moments for me. So my legit shit for today, we are already at that point, guys. Now, I know a couple weeks ago I talked about the Trace She acrylic nails. They're stick-on nails. They're perfect for this time if you can't get your nails done. And I do, I really like those. They're a little more expensive. They ship from Australia. I love supporting a small business. So I shouted them out first, and I still stand behind that, although I will say their glue was completely dried when it got to me, so I did have to go out and buy different nail glue from when I was at Walgreens. Um, but I do like their nails. I love how unique they are, and they look just like art- artisanal, you know? But I've been using the Kiss nails that you can literally get at any Walgreens, Target, any store like that. And their sculpted gel nails are really good. Those are my favorite ones. The sculpted gel fantasy nails, they come in a lot of different designs and colors. I think the sculpted gel in particular is the most sort of realistic. But those are kind of in a longer length. And I've tried shorter lengths. And they have so many cute designs. And I haven't tried one that I don't like. So definitely check those out if you're wanting to like me even though places I know are opening nail salons like I think our nail salons open May 11th but I don't necessarily feel comfortable going to one right away so I'm gonna keep wearing my fake nails and if you're looking for you know a little alternative I really recommend those like look up the cute designs they have and or check them out at your Walgreens next time you're there and I will see you guys next week bye